This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss strategies and tips for leading happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative lives. This week, we'll talk about why we might try to escape our own taste, and we'll do a deep dive into listeners' suggestions for metaphors for the empty nest. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, and human nature. I am in a little cobbled together temporary makeshift studio outside New York City. And joining me today from LA is my sister Elizabeth Kraft, who is in her home office. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And yes, Scratch, I'm here in the very hot Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. A lot of heat. Heat wave. Before we launch in, we have a couple of interesting updates from listeners. This comes from Christine. She said, just listen to episode 437 on my way home from work and was totally struck by your segment on not putting things in writing because it's a classic case of when the opposite of a profound truth is also true. There are some things you may want to specifically get in writing, be that in a text, email, Slack, messenger app, or something else. This can be true in so many situations and it can be recording both good or bad things you may wanna keep track of. Two concrete work examples. Maybe you start an email folder called Gold Stars where you save any emails with particularly positive feedback from coworkers, management, customers, etc. You can reference it during your annual review if you are up for a promotion or when you are just feeling really down about yourself. On the flip side, if a coworker is always seeming to try to get the upper hand on you, start getting things in writing after verbal chats or informal meetings. Blame it on yourself and say, hey, this is really important stuff, great info, and I want to make sure that I don't mess anything up later if I forget. I'm going to jot this down in an email and connect us all. Please respond and let me know if it looks okay. Now you have a dated record and proof of the conversation. 
Employ the same tactics for any important verbal conversation with a landlord, your forgetful mother-in-law, your homeowners association, and more. Well, this is an excellent point, and it's exactly right. Some things you don't want to put in writing, and some things you absolutely do want to get in writing. Absolutely. Great reminder. And then this came from Caroline about the try this at home to act like a teenager. She writes, one aspect of being a teenager that wasn't mentioned on the podcast is idealism or activism. Some teenagers use their time to fight for a cause they believe in, such as reversing climate change, helping to advocate for LGBTQ plus rights, homelessness, voting, etc. I think it's not uncommon to move away from these activities as we get older and get caught up in earning a living, raising children, etc. In my own life, I recently became a literacy volunteer, and I'm also knitting for homeless LGBTQ plus teens. These activities have boosted my happiness significantly by allowing me to make small but meaningful contributions to the world. So that's a really, really great example of acting like a teenager. Elizabeth, as you pointed out, the positive aspects of being a teenager, and that's very often a good aspect of teenagers. Yes, Definitely something for all of us to consider. And here's something that I want to throw out to everyone. I'm looking for ideas, suggestions. As you may remember, as part of my trifecta, I made a 23 and 23 list of 23 things I want to do in 2023, as one does. And one of my items is to have 30 days of culture. I want to plan 30 straight days when I do something cultural. So I am looking for ideas. I've already gotten some ideas on social media. I've started buying tickets and looking at calendars. That's a lot of plans to make. Mm -hmm. So I am planning this between, call it September 5th and October 12th. In New York City, I'm traveling, so I'm throwing in some extra days. But if you have any great ideas, hit me up. It's very broad, what I consider to be culture. So let me know. Okay. I can't wait to hear about this. You're going to have a lot of good newsletters coming out of this, Scratch. Good. Yes. I hadn't thought of that. So, Alyssa, this week our Try This at Home suggestion is to escape your own taste. So what does that mean exactly? Okay. So very often, and Alyssa, you and I both have talked about our tendency to do this, we fall into a rut of doing the same thing over and over. Like there's something that we like. And so we just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into that. So, you know, you might eat the same food all the time. Or like, I just keep buying black cardigans. I see a black cardigan. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. a good looking black cardigan. How many black cardigans does a person need? Not as many as I sometimes have owned at one time. And so part of it is to recognize your taste and then to figure out ways to escape your taste. Yeah, I have to say I am very resistant to escaping my taste. I am someone who will do the same thing over and over. But I love this idea. But here's a way, Elizabeth, that you do not fall into, you don't need to escape your own taste the way I do, which is that you rarely rewatch a television show or reread a book. Whereas that's a way that I fall into my own taste. Not only do I reread the same kind of book, I might reread the very same book or I might watch the same. I watch Game of Thrones three times. That's a, that's a lot of t- right. TV time. So there was that opportunity cost. True, but Gretch, even though I may not do the same exact one, I will do like, it's hard to get me to read sci-fi, for instance, mm. because I'm not a sci-fi fan. It's hard for me to escape what I know I like. But I do think this is a really fun idea for summer because in summer is when we're trying to 
do something new, maybe be a little spontaneous, freshen it up. So this is a great summer goal. Well, and to your point about escaping your own taste, with reading, one of the ways that I escape my own taste is I will ask people for recommendations. And if they really love a book, even if I think, oh, that's not really the kind of book I like, I'll read it anyway. So like, I almost never read mm. mysteries, but from every once in a while, I'll read a mystery just because people are like, oh, it's really, really good. Or if somebody really recommends a book, I mean, I will have books that I got from the library that I have in my to-be-read pile and be like, why in the world do I have this book? And then I think, somebody must have told me it was really good. I've got to start keeping track because it's more fun when you know who recommended it. But it's a way to escape my taste by sort of just willy-nilly following somebody else's recommendation and not thinking about, well, does this suit my taste? You're just like, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. And then there are other things we can do, like go to a restaurant with a cuisine you haven't tried before. I think that's a really just concrete, easy way to escape your taste. You could do something you might often do, but in a different way. Like I had a bunch of friends who got together to go see Barbie in the afternoon. So that would have been like going to a movie with friends going in the afternoon, which I rarely do. I couldn't go, but I was like, that would have been a great way to escape my own taste. Another thing I was thinking, Gretch, is like, if you're someone who doesn't go to sports events, go to a baseball game. Then again, if that's what your family always does, try going to a play. Exactly. And then maybe you look at something that's really popular with people that you haven't tried because maybe they're onto Mm. something that I don't know. And one of the things that I've noticed is Eliza and Eleanor, they listen to podcasts and music a lot and they both have those bulky over-the-ear headphones. Mm. I realize I've never even listened through them. I like having really small, compact earbuds. And so I'm like, why would I want to carry around something that's so bulky? And yet they both do it all the time. So clearly they must have value for that. All kids do. I wrote this book, Life in Five Senses, and it never even occurred to me why don't I try it and see how that affects my hearing experience? Because maybe it's a much, much better experience. But I was so locked into my own taste and my own preferences. It's literally something that I've never done. Yeah, I'm really curious about that, Gretchen, because there's ubiquitous. Maybe this is a Christmas present that you and I can give each other. <laughs> yes, yes, We'll yes. exchange over the ear headphones, get on trend for once. Yeah, well, and you were saying how in escaping your own taste, that can be a way to be on trend because a lot of things that are in the zeitgeist might be things that you're not inherently you think interested in, but if you escape your taste and try them, you might find you like them. Right, right. One way to do this is like do something with your children or do something with someone. My daughters were both really excited about claim to fame, and it's not usually the kind of thing that I would watch, but I thought, you know what? They're really enthusiastic about it. Why don't I watch it? And now I love it. Yes, which I should mention, claim to fame is a reality show where contestants are trying to figure out what famous people other contestants are related to. It's very clever. And Elizabeth, I have to say, it kind of reminds me of your segment on Happier in Hollywood, the celebrity sighting, because it's basically all about Uh who are the celebrities lurking in the shadows of these relatives. It's very funny. I'm going to put this in the show notes because this is so funny. I want everybody to see. So Eliza was out with my mother-in-law, her grandmother, Both my mother-in-law and my mother, Elizabeth, our mother, is that they like those shirts that have stripes. They're very popular. It's this, you might call it a gondolier shirt or whatever, just two colors, very simple, very classic. And Eliza sent me this hilarious picture because she said she and Judy walked into a store together and Judy's like, oh my gosh, you know, I love this store. This store has so many beautiful things. She makes a beeline into the corner. She's wearing one of those striped shirts and she's standing 
wrapped with excitement in front of a large display of striped shirts of exactly the same ones hanging above her head. There's piles of them and she's looking at them and that's exactly what she's wearing. And it's like, yeah, what does she want? More striped shirts because what does she love? All her striped shirts. And it's just, it's such a perfect visual encapsulation of what we're talking about. I mean, it's like you in a hoodie, Elizabeth. How many hoodies do you have? Yes, many and I, and when I see them, I go straight (laughs) for them. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Well, let us know if you do try this at home and how escaping your own taste works for you. And what is the taste you're trying to escape? It can be hard to recognize. Just knowing that there's a taste to escape sometimes helps us get out of a rut. Let us know on Instagram, threads, TikTok, X, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or go to happiercast.com slash 441 for everything related to this episode. I got permission from my mother-in-law to include the photographs (laughs) because it's just so funny to see her. We've all been there. We've all done it. Yep. All right, Gretch, coming up, we've got a happiness hack about how to pronounce somebody's name. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com Gretchen. Okay, it's time for this week's happiness hack, which is a very practical hack. Okay. This is my hack, and I experienced this a couple of times, and so I I think it's very, very effective. If you have a name that people often mispronounce or don't know how to pronounce correctly, when you're explaining how to pronounce your name, it's very helpful if you frame it in terms of something that rhymes with your name. For whatever reason, I have found that when people describe their names that way, or in my mind, I take a minute to process and think, okay, this name kind of rhymes with that, it's much, much easier to remember how to do it correctly. I agree. I've done that too, and I think it really helps. So here's just a couple of examples. I have a friend whose name is K-A-M-Y. And the first time I met her, I said, we're just meeting, and I just want to ask you, how do you pronounce your name? She said, thank you for asking. My name is Kami, rhymes with Amy, Amy with a K. And then it was just very easy to remember. And then I met someone named Kamira, And she said, yeah, kind of rhymes with Shakira. And this is very helpful because what happens is you meet the person, you hear their name one time, and then you see it. And the same ambiguity that you weren't sure about the first time, sometimes you don't remember. You're like, well, I remember, was it this way or was it that way? It can just be hard for it to stick in your mind. And this makes it much easier. Yes. Good tip. And also I want to, we've mentioned this before, but if you use LinkedIn, LinkedIn has a feature where you can record you saying your own name. 
So if you have a name where you feel like people don't always know how to get it right, that's a way to do it so they can very easily make sure that they're pronouncing your name correctly. Yes, we all want to pronounce everyone's name correctly. Yes, yes. And it can be hard to get it right. So now we're going to do a deep dive into alternative metaphors for the empty nest. So on the July 8th, 2023 episode of More Happier, which is our every other week Saturday episode, we talked about coming up with a better metaphor for the empty nest. And Elizabeth, I, I still think that one of my favorite metaphors was your suggestion, open waters. Yes, that has a nice sound to it. It yeah. sounds very promising, open waters. Yeah. So I was thinking about open waters, but then I thought of a few more, and I, I have one that I like even better, which might be the one that I'm going to go with okay. for my own emptiness. So one of them that I thought about was big roof, meaning mm. you think of when they're little, you're all under one roof, and now the roof is bigger because they're still with us. They're still part of our family, but the roof is bigger because now it's extending further mm. in the world. So big roof. But then I was listening to a podcast, it was a workplace podcast, and they were talking about how they had an open door policy, meaning, you know, their door was always open if somebody wanted to come by and ask a question or make a suggestion or complain or whatever. And it's like, oh, my door is always open. And that got me thinking that maybe the metaphor should be the open door. We're in the open mm. door stage of life, meaning that when your kids are little, you have to make sure that they can't get out and run into the street or whatever. But now the door is open and they've stepped out. But the door is always open for them to come back. And so, and their door is open. So we might go, be going into their dorm room or their apartment. Just like we go back to Kansas City, we don't knock on the door. We just let ourselves in. Right. And because now we're in this open door, we've opened our doors. We're an open door household, meaning mm -hmm. people are dispersed, but they're still coming and going. Because, Elizabeth, you made the point you want something that has freedom. You don't want something that feels like loss. Yes. And I was going to say the open door also means you're free to leave and yes. do adventures yes. and fun things yes. without feeling like you're missing something. Right. Yes. It's like the doors have opened and we're out and about. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So I like that. But we got so many great suggestions from listeners too. Yes. One that really resonated with me, Gretchen, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who sent it, was the idea of freewheeling. Mm. That now you're freewheeling. Yeah. Because it's a freewheeling time of life. Yeah. You oh. can do whatever you want. Yeah. And that's also active and a lot of possibility. That's a great one. Here's some others that we got. And some of these actually, Elizabeth, came from the Happier in Hollywood Facebook group. So this is sort of like a crossover effort here. Yes. And I think it's good to have a lot of metaphors because what I found is like people really respond to different vocabulary and different metaphors. And so it's good to have a lot of choices so you can pick the one that really resonates. Ellen said, I think of the empty nest as letting air in. There is more time and space when darlings leave for college. I have three sons and it's been fun to see them become adults and enjoy more time and adventure with my husband. Keely says, as I listen today on my walk along Lake Michigan, a metaphor for you in your empty nest phase of life washed over me. Ride the wave. Gretchen, since wave is your word this year, it seems like a natural pairing. You can mm. think of surfing on that wave, finding new balance and strength. You can imagine sailing and navigating the waves of life. Sometimes there will be white caps on the waves. Other times, no wave at all. Dive into this season of life. You can't actually embrace a wave, but that's the beauty of it. I love that. And that's such a great yes. tie-in to my theme. I love that. And Alyssa, just like this one and your open water, here's another water-related metaphor. Sandra says, 
My suggestion instead of empty nest is to enjoy the leeward side. This is a nautical term my fisherman husband taught me, meaning facing away from the winds in a sheltered area with calmer waters than a storm. Kind of a go with the easier flow of water or life. The opposite is wayward, which doesn't have negative connotations, but means you are fighting upstream against the tide or storm. So that's sort of more effortful. So that's mm. an interesting metaphor. Yes, I love wayward as a way to describe a time. Yes, that is a great word. The Nova says, thinking about your empty nest metaphor, could you be branching out? The nest is just your house on the branch, but there's lots of new growth, offshoots, new branches, etc., also, not sure what this is called, but you know, when a sycamore tree shoots out helicopters as new seeds. Right, right. Well, that's a fun idea. Right. And that, that has that same idea of extending out. And then related to this idea of, of the branch, Christina says, open a branch, such as, we've opened a branch in a college town. I love that. Yes. That's, that's quite funny. It's like the family is franchise. <laughs> We're opening branches yes. across the country. Lori's suggestion was parental recess. Oh, that's good. Which is funny. Courtney says personal renaissance. Very nice. Shauna says refeathering. Interesting. People are really having fun with thinking about other ways of doing the empty nest. That's fun. Lori Marie says going to level up like video game progression. We have unlocked the next world. Oh, that would be good in my house because Jack loves video games. There you go. See, that's right. You can pick the metaphor that works with your family. That's fun. Gretchen, this was a fun idea from Tracy. She said, for couples, you could call it the season of two. If you're a single person, the season of you. Oh, fun. So it's season of two, season of you. It goes either way. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I love it. This was really interesting. We can't even include all the imaginative, creative ideas that people came up with. And it's just a great example of like, if there's a metaphor that doesn't sit right for you, it can be really engaging and interesting to think, well, what metaphor would resonate with you? It's just like, for me, the happiness project was a metaphor that really resonated. And then other people are like, I don't want to do a project that sounds like homework. It's like, okay, well, you can design your life or you can go on a journey. Finding the, the right metaphor can often really help us to achieve the lives we want. So fun. So fun. All right, Gretch, coming up, you have, I believe, a repeat demerit, but first this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gretchen Rubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Gretchen Rubin. All right, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars. And this week, I think this is a demerit you've given yourself before. Oh, I mean, I've given myself this demerit many times. It's like my fate. My tote bags. My tote bags are spiraling out of control. I try not to take them. I try to give them away and donate them. Mm-hmm. And I turn around, there's this area in my, our closet where I keep them, and I'm like, where did all these tote bags come from? And yet each one seems unique and precious. I'm like, this one has a zipper, and this one's really heavy, but this one's really light, and this one has long handles, yes. but this one is small. I mean, it's like, what, what is happening? How is this happening? Again. Yeah, Gretchen, it was funny because when I was at your apartment, I was taking something somewhere and you were like, here, use this tote bag. And if you leave it there, it's okay. Don't worry about it if you forget to bring it home. But then, of course, I had to bring it back because I'm like, I can't leave this precious tote bag. I have to bring it back to Gretchen. I know, I know, I know. So you foiled my plan to leave it with somebody else. Well, I need to go through and do another cut. Well, Gretchen, I'm proud to say I was somewhere this weekend with all my in-laws and there was a tote bag, Mm. a gift of a tote bag from the place we were staying. Right. And I just, I looked at it and I thought, that's a cute tote bag. And I just left it. I said, whoever wants this tote bag, take it. I don't need it. The secret is not to take it. Not today, tote bag. Yes. Yes. Do not take the tote bag. Yes. And now it's Elizabeth, it's your gold star. But I want to bust in and give you a gold star. Oh, yay. Okay. This is why you deserve a million gold stars. Because this strike is so stressful for you, this Hollywood strike. I mean, it's so stressful for so many people. It's so stressful for Hollywood in general. It's so stressful for Los Angeles, for California, for all the people who are involved directly, indirectly. Because, of course, you've been picketing. But in addition to picketing, you've also been traveling sometimes. You came to New York. You've been hiking. Where are you in your Fryman 50? I think I'm close to 60. There you go. Uh, You've been seeing old friends, which is something that's been on your 23 for 23 list for years. You and Sarah have been making substantial, regular progress on your novel. And this is hard to do because when things are really stressful, when it's not clear how long a situation is going to last, it's very easy to do very little, maybe just the bare minimum picketing. But you're doing so much. And I just think you deserve so many gold stars for all the time and the energy and the effort that it takes to do this 
when things are really stressful. Well, thank you, Gretchen. I'll accept that gold star. It is a very stressful time in Los Angeles. Yeah. But I do want to feel like I use the time. Gold star to everyone who's dealing with this, however they're dealing with it, because it is not a happy time in LA. It is a very tense time. Yeah. I hope it's over soon, but thank you. Okay. Now, the resource for this week, if you enjoy tips and hacks and try this at home ideas that we talk about on Happier, you might also enjoy a newsletter that I do called Tips for Happiness and Good Habits, where twice a month you get practical tips for ways to make your life happier, healthier, more productive, more creative. You get it right into your inbox. It's free. If you're somebody who just loves a tip, loves a hack, you might want to check it out. And if you go to happiercast.com slash tips newsletter, that's all one word, tips newsletter, no spaces, you will get that. Now, Elizabeth, what are we reading? I am listening to The Signature of All Things by Elizabeth Gilbert. And I am rereading a book that I love called Black and Blue Magic by Zilpha Keatley Snyder. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember, try this at home. Escape your taste. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you and what was the taste that you were escaping. We're curious. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram and TikTok and threads at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, I'm going to shake it up a bit this week and say, hey, rate or review us. That really helps people who are checking out the show. Give us a try. So do that rate and review. We really appreciate it. It's a gold star for you. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. So, Lisa, speaking of taste, what do you think is the item of clothing that you buy over and over and over again? For me, it's definitely the black cardigan. Yeah, I was going to say, for me, a black hoodie. Ah. Yes, a black hoodie. How many do you think you have? Well, I don't know, probably at least five. But the thing is, I feel like I never find the perfect one. Yeah. I'm always searching. That's part of it. For perfection. Yeah. No, the platonic ideal. You know it's out there. Yes. From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. 
We've done your homework.